to Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to read in verse number 22. We're going to read a couple verses. We're going to jump from 22 to um, 24. And it says, it says, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. He didn't live as long as most of the people did. It said, And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machar, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knee. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the plan that you have for our life. I think as we've, we're wrapping up Joseph's life, Lord, may we understand that this was your plan all the way with him. Good, bad, or indifferent, you were always there with him. And I'm sure there's times in his life that he thought, am I, all by, am I all by myself? Lord, thank you for being with him, and I thank you for being with us. Thank you personally for being for, with me. Lord, as we look at this, let's just get something, let us get something from your word and understand that you're always in control and you know exactly what you're doing. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, God always has a plan. Amen. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And all the plans are different, Right? Aren't you thankful that if you're married in here that your plan and her plan are probably a little bit different, but they run simultaneously together and they, you help each other out? And God knows exactly what, what needs to happen. Um, I think of this next, next thing that's going to be up here. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about this? I have a plan. Do you trust me, God? Is it hard sometimes to trust God? Sometimes we think, oh, everything's coming up smooth. Everything's going to be okay. But there's always going to be some problems in your life. Look at some of these. I, I, I just wrote a couple of them. Have, have you ever had a hard time in your life? How about this? Have you ever had a um, neutral times in your life where you just think, okay, I'm just coasting? And then you've got the other side of it, not only the neutral, good times, but the, the bad times, the hard times, but you have the good times in your life. God gives you all these along the way, and he knows what you can handle. And as we've studied Joseph's life, um, sometimes we just go, wow, he went through so much. There's many people in the Bible that went through, much, went through so much. In our staff devotions this week, we were talking about um, how, how Job went through everything, and he found out everything was lost within, within two minutes in his life. Because there's a little statement that says, as while, as while he was yet speaking, another, another um, servant comes in and tells him what he's lost. He lost everything. But God had a plan for him. You know, when I was thinking about this, do you ever feel this way in your life? And this might date me a little bit. God's plan, it's loading. You know, God's plan's never loading, but that's how we, we, we perceive it sometimes. God's plan is always there, and we've got to follow it. Now, we watched Joseph through this whole thing. We went through the whole life of Joseph. We saw that his father died last, last week, and as we studied this, we found out that his brothers were concerned, even after everything that he had done for them, that he was going to take their life or put them in slavery. But that's not what, the way Joseph looked at it. Joseph was following God's plan the whole time. So let's break this down into Joseph's life. The question is, I have a plan. Do you trust me? When you study Joseph's life, you'll see a few things in here, and we're going to look at these pretty quick. First of all, first of all when you think about his hard times, he was taken from his family imagine how hard that would have been to be taken from taken from his dad and he loved his dad 
And the thing that showed his dad's love to him was what? A jacket. And what did they use? They used that jacket against his dad and said, listen, this blood, this is his blood, and he's, some, something's killed him, and, and he was taken from there. Not only was that, I think this, even, this next one was even worse. He was thrown into slavery. He was, they, were, they were a family everybody knew. They had a lot of objects. They had a lot of possessions, and now he's taken from his family, and we all know the story. He was thrown into slavery. Another hard part, I think, of his, <coughs> of his life is the accusations that Potiphar's wife made of him. He, he really understood what, what was right and what was wrong. In fact, when he, when he, when he talks to her, what does he say? Well, you, you don't want me to sin against God, do you? Just read an article to my wife. There's a congressman somewhere or a governor running for election, and, and there was a lady that wanted to follow him around and shadow him. You know what that governor said to her? I'll let you do it if there's another man that comes with me because I don't want any false accusations about it. In our world, you know what they called him? A feminist. He doesn't like women. In my world, I look at it, he's protecting his, 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 his job. And I read the article, I read it in a totally different light than what most people would, but as we look at this, man, we don't see that very often. Here's a false accusation, and it's a hard time for him. Why would that be a hard time? Because he knew everything that he had done as is, is, is God was blessing him through this plan, even in Potiphar's eyes. And I don't even think the accusations were as bad as him knowing that Potiphar accepted it. So here you have some hard times in his life. What about this when he's in jail, when he first gets in jail? I mean, you think about his life. It goes like this. But we always see Joseph as up here, never down here. And I want to say this to you. He was a person just like us. His emotions probably went all, the whole, full gamut. And yet he's thrown in there. But you know what? God had a plan. You just got to trust him. Had he done anything wrong at this point, even in the jail system? No. In fact, it shows that even when he was in the jail system, what happened? He rises to the top. So then you have the last one is the long hours. Can you imagine the overtime he put in as being second in Egypt to get everything ready for those seven years. And then the seven years after. You just see his job compounding as he goes. He, he ends up buying the, the, the um, taking the, the vegetables from them, the wheat from them, then he turns around and sells it back to them, and he takes their land, takes their animals, does all this thing, and rises Pharaoh up to the top. Can you imagine the long hours he had? Okay, now there's other, other things in Joseph's life. It's the neutral times. You think there were some neutral times in Joseph's life? I think there was. I think the first thing is when he got into Potiphar's house and everything seemed to be going okay. The worst day of his life in Potiphar's story is when Potiphar left town and all of a sudden his wife's there by himself, by herself, without him there. But there were some good times there, or neutral times, but he could just do what he was told to do and he, and he follows it. And then you have this, you have also the jail time. When he gets in there, not when he first gets in there, but when he all of a sudden he establishes himself and the guy says, listen, you are going to be in charge. Have you ever even thought about that? Do you think there are good people in jail? Do you think there's bad people in jail? How would you like to be in charge of it? And really not get paid to do it. That was kind of a cop-out for the guy that's in charge of jail. Hey, I'll give it to you. But it also shows the trust that he had in Joseph. So there was, there was some neutral times in Joseph's life. 
And I'm sure this next one had some perks to it. He was a governor. I don't think he had to get up and make his meals. He was the one that was second in charge. I'm sure there were servants that took care of him, made sure his clothes were there, made sure there were some neutral times. You know, when my wife leaves on trips, I realize how much she does. Amen? Then you go, then you're thankful for. Um, I mean, there's, there's this clothes, clothing fairy that comes to my house when, when she's there. And when it's time for church, I go in and all my clothes are ironed and they're hanging up. And I don't have to worry if everything matches. She's already put them out. By the way, if you're visiting, I'm colorblind. Okay. And, and, I, and I've come to church before when she's gone, I think, oh, I hope this matches. And I hope it matches. But don't you think he had some neutral times in his life? Think. God knows if you need those times, right? Can you imagine if your life was all hardship? And he's going to give you hardship, but can you imagine if your life was like that? Can you imagine if your life was just neutral? That's what Satan wants it. But we can go through everybody in the Bible that was somebody for God, and they had hardships. Some of them did miraculous things. They had hardships. But God knows, and as the question says, I have a plan. Do you trust me? We've got to trust him. Now, he had some good times, too, if you think about Joseph's life. A lot of times I reflect on some of the bad things, but there were some good parts of his life. The first, first thing was he was taken out of prison. Can you imagine what he thought? Someone wants to see you. Oh, he happens to be Pharaoh. But before you go, you're going to have something you haven't had in a while. It's called a bath and a clean shave. We're going to make sure you look good when you see him. Don't underestimate that statement because he had to justify who he was. If they bought, brought a bum in and he looked terrible and said, hey, tell Pharaoh what's going on, you think his credibility would have been down a little bit? I, I do think that. But now he's taken out and he's getting all cleaned up and they bring him up in front of Pharaoh. There were some good things and he gets to meet the guy that's in charge. And then he gets to hear Pharaoh's speech. Probably the last thing in Joseph's mind that they were going to choose me. I'm just a Hebrew boy in jail. But there's some good times. He also had some children. Now, you go after the names that he named them and what they mean. I understand what they mean. But he still got to see them. Still got to have them. And I, and I think of children. Children are a blessing. I, I, I've talked to both my daughters today. They usually call me normally about every other day. But I got to talk to both of them today. And I'm so thankful for them. There's some good times with that. You know, I didn't like the discipline side. Now, we disciplined our kids, but I sure did love it when they told me they loved me. We had little um, Landon over at our house, and m my wife was watching him during the deacons meeting yesterday. And um, Now, I think he liked the cookies that he gave, she gave, he, he gave that she gave him, but he, he was putting his shoes on, and he looked right at, he calls us the same thing that Elena calls us. He looked right at Ann and goes, I love you, Nana and Bubba. I said, give him some more cookies. <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at these things and you see children are a blessing, aren't they? Not only that, he got to see his brothers again. 
And you say, well, he probably hated his brothers. I don't think Scripture relates that. I think he thought dearly about them. And in fact, how many times did he go out and cry when he saw them? He had some good times in his life. Not only that, he got to see somebody that he really loved. He got to see his father. And I just think of him seeing his father. I wonder um, what he really thought of. Because I guarantee you, when he was in that jail system, he thought he probably thought, am I ever going to get out of this? See, the problem with these stories is we see the end result. But you've got to put yourself in their perspective as they're going through these things. And as they're going through these things, he probably thought when he was in his jail, number one, I'm never, that dream that I told my brothers I was going to do, I'm never going to be able to do it. And number two, I'll probably never see Dad. And I love Dad. And I think this other one probably is something we forget. He had some good times with just the nation that he was in, even though it was Egypt. Can you imagine... Now, I'm not saying pride, but can you imagine the aspect of him looking around and seeing what he, was, he, he had done through his life with his country? His country was going to be destroyed. You say, well, how do you know that? Because all the other countries came to their country. And the only reason they came is because Joseph set up a plan. And God had a plan for them. Because every other country could have done the same thing. But they didn't know what Joseph knew that God was going to do. So he looks at this nation and he sees it build up and he could, look at his, he could look at his boss at any given time and know that he had given him 100%. He had some good times. He had some neutral times. He had some bad times. But also, you've got to look at this. God has a great plan for your life. You just need to trust him. It's easy to trust when you're in the good times. It's hard to trust when you're in the bad times. We spend most of our time when we're in the bad times trying to get out of those bad times. As you study Joseph's life, you see that, that there's just some amazing things that he's done. And then I, I like this statement. Your plan B is God's plan A. He knew what was going to happen. He knew where you were going. Let's look at Genesis chapter 50, and you're going to see some things in here. In Genesis chapter 50, verses 22 through 26, First of all, it says in verse number 22 that he lived to be 110 years old. I pray I don't live that long. I don't want to be that old, 110 years old. I've seen people that are 110 years old. I don't want to be that old. I hope, I hope God just takes me like Enoch. Amen, that'd be great. 110 years old. He lived 110 years old. And the Bible says not only this, in God's plan, he got to see three generations. The Bible says that in verse number 23. Three generations he got to see them. Verse number 24, it talks about prophecy. It says, and Joseph said in verse number 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, unto the land which he sware unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. He still remembered what was said. And he's just telling him that, listen, God's plan is still working. It just didn't happen in Joseph's time. In fact, if you think about really, Joseph, it actually went opposite of what people would have thought, that people would come to Egypt rather than get out of Egypt. He brought them there to, to, to fulfill what God had said, and he said in verse number 24, he was, going to, he was going to have prophecy with this. Then in verse number 25, it says, And Joseph took an oath of his children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. You see on this, it says Hebrews chapter 11. Out of all the things Joseph said, when it talks about the chapter of faith, 
it, it's interesting what is mentioned in, in Hebrews chapter 11. You know what's mentioned? It's not mentioned that he saved Egypt. It's not mentioned that he wasn't bitter towards his brother. All it mentions is what? Where his bones were supposed to be taken back. You know what that tells me? Where his heart was. He loved. He loved where his daddy was from. What's interesting in this story, though, is his death is in verse number 26. Look what it says in verse number 26. It says in verse number 26, it says, So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. It's interesting is you don't find him going and his bones being taken until Exodus chapter 13. It talks about Moses carrying his bones. It's a little bit different. God's plan is always different because when, when, his, when his daddy died, what happened? They instantly took his bones. They, they mourned him and then they embalmed him, but they instantly took his bones where they needed to go. He asked Pharaoh if he could go, and he goes and does it. Joseph's plan with Joseph's body was totally different. They, they put him in a coffin. They put him, they put him in, in a situation where it was an Egyptian situation. But later on, God would move him because God had a plan for him. God's plan in your life is this, this is sometimes, I lie like this. This is sometimes what, what we want God's plan in our life, right? We like it smooth, amen? Don't you just love a smooth plan? I love smooth plan. But you know what God's plan is for our life? If you look here, he's going to go over a cliff. He's going to hit some rocks, amen? Then he's going to have to build a bridge. Right there. Then he's going to have to go down in a boat and go across the water. He's going to have to come up here, and then he's going to, the rain clouds are going to hit. How many of you like rain clouds in your life? Praise God for rain clouds. And then guess what he's going to have to do? He's going to have to climb a real high ladder to get where God's plan is for your life. That's what the way our life is. You ever had all these plans set and everything's okay? I think about a, a, a vacation that we were going to take. My wife and I, we were going on a senior trip. I forget how many seniors we had, and we had, I think, 12 or 13 seniors that year, and we took them all to Walmart. And we got down to Orlando. We always took them to Disney World. We got down to Orlando, and, and so we get to Walmart, and I make a phone call to find out if our house is ready. The lady gets on the phone and says, oh, no, sir, your reservation's for next week. What you don't understand is I just given those kids $100 a piece, and they're going through Walmart. Some of these kids have never grocery shopped in a day in their life. Amen. They're picking things that I think there's no way on God's green earth you're going to eat all that. One particular boy, now he did end up eating it. I think he bought two of the pizzeria, uh, one of those pizza bites, family style. He ate them for breakfast and lunch and sometimes supper when we got back. What they did not know is I was on the phone with the lady, and now I'm doing what you would be doing. I'd be looking at my emails trying to figure out what is going on. These seniors have no idea. I've given them an hour in there. I am arguing with the lady, trying to get this house done. And she finally says, I don't have any houses. And she's about ready to hang up. And I said, well, I've got an email, and I just shot it back to her. And she said, oh, yeah, it is this week. See, my plan was to go down there, and everything's going to be smooth. We're in Orlando. We're going to see Mickey, and we're going to see Minnie, and everything's going to be okay. We're going to be in a happy place. But when I was in that Walmart place, I was not in a happy place. And she said, well, I've got another house I'll give you. 
It's not clean on the outside, but it's clean on the inside. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew what it meant when I got there. The Christian school, we're going on a senior trip, we, get, we find the point. The kids have no idea what we've went through the last hour. We've not told any of them, and they're thinking, hey, we're going to go to our house. We pull up to this house, and there's beer bottles all over the front yard. From all appearances on the outside, you're thinking the inside's going to be terrible. This was not my plan. I'm like, if I'm anywhere, I am right there in the bottom of that thing, and there's brain clouds hitting me. And all these kids are like, yeah, we're going to go. I'm like, oh, my word, I hope it's clean. We get inside, and the inside of the house is clean. But to step over the beer bottles and do all this stuff, you just think, oh, my word, it did not go the way I thought it would go. You ever been there? Oh, yeah. I've been in situations where I think I've got everything handled. You know what God has? He has another plan for you. But can I say this with God's plan? God's plan will always produce blessing, even in rough spots. I look back now and I can laugh about it. I, I, I would have loved to have got my blood pressure when I got off the phone, when I was on the phone with her. What's interesting is she became a good friend of mine. And every time I call, if I were to call her today and say, I'm going to Orlando, would you get, she'd give me a good deal on the house, amen? So when we look at this, we've got to understand there's always blessings in our lives. Even in Joseph's life, even he had hard times, neutral times, and bad times, he still had blessings. God knows what you can handle. All right, so let's look at this. We need to walk into God's blessings. Exodus chapter 1 and, verse, and, and chapter 2 deal with God's blessings. God's blessings, God's plan is always developing in us. Joseph was sold into slavery to build up Egypt. Moses was born into Pharaoh's house to get Israel out of Egypt. They both were great men. They both had a God-given plan for their life. Now watch this. God helped Joseph build up Egypt, and God destroyed what Joseph built up through a man by the name of Moses. You ever thought about that? Joseph comes into Egypt. He builds everything up. Then all of a sudden, Moses brings, comes on the scene, and he's going to tear everything down. Do some studying on the ten, uh, the ten plagues that were brought in. It destroyed them two ways. It destroyed them economically. And it also destroyed all the gods that they believed in. It showed who was the God. Let's look at this in, 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 in Exodus, chapter, um, Exodus chapter 1. Go to verse, the first seven verses and I want you to see this. It says, Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, every man... And his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Iskar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Nephthali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Jacob was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all the generations. Now watch this. And the, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Can I say this to you? There's always, in God's plan, sometimes we don't see it, but God changes that direction with a different person. He does this with Moses. Go to the next verse, and you'll see this. It says, now there rose up a new king over Egypt. Look at the last four words. That knew not Joseph. 
See, he didn't look at the Israelites as good people. The Pharaoh that had with, with Joseph, he looked at them as good people. Gave them great land, and they, and they took over, and they started multiplying. He looked at, the, he looked at them as a bad situation. If you, if you study in Exodus chapter 21, you'll, uh, in Exodus chapter 1, you'll see some blessings. Go to verse number 9. And it said, And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more than, and mightier than we. Here Joseph builds this up, and then all of a sudden this Pharaoh comes in that doesn't know him, and he looks at the situation, and he says, Listen, they are mightier than we are. That's a problem for Pharaoh. Keep reading in verse number um, um, 11. It says, Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their, bur from, with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasures, cities, and Ramses and Pithom. And then it says, But the more they afflicted them, the more they multipl multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Here's a blessing. They think they're going to put all these things on them. When they put all things on them, guess what? They even grow stronger. We all know the story. They take supplies away from them, and they can still produce what they're not supposed to be able to produce. God's always giving blessings. It says in verse number 13, the word rigor at the very bottom of that verse is, is another name that we use for hardships, trying to make it hard on them. But here's the world's philosophy. Here Pharaoh comes in, he's going to do something that's pretty insane. Look at verse number 16, and this is the world's philosophy. And he said, when do you... When ye do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then he shall kill, then ye shall kill them. But if it be a daughter, then he, she shall live. Well, here's God's blessings. Go to the next verse. Look at the first five words of verse number 17. But the midwives feared God. <laughs> he wasn't anticipating that side of it. They feared God. So they didn't do what he said. Go to verse number 20. Therefore God dwelt with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. <laughs> I mean, you see God's blessing all the way through this. They're trying to make it harder on the Israelites. And all of a sudden you see that God's plan with Moses is a little bit different. Now look at verse number 22. Here's the... Here's the world's wisdom again. And Pharaoh charged all the people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. He says, does the same thing again. Can you understand how wicked that is? I mean, I, I, I look at the abortions that we do in America, and it's just a wicked situation. But this is a step even further, I think. This is a child that's alive. And he's saying, I want you to throw them in the Nile. And you see someone getting away with that in this day and age, and we live in a wicked world. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I get upset when an animal's hurt. I can't imagine Bernard taking a child and just throwing it in the, in the river. But here's how God's blessing works. That same river that he wants these chil children thrown in, Moses' mother puts him in that river, sends her, him down the river, and his daughter sees him, which his daughter knew the rules, but God even used Pharaoh's daughter against him. 
I'm telling you, we, we sometimes we go, how in the world are we going to do this? I just can't imagine as a mother in here putting a child in a, in a basket and sending them down a river that you know is infested with crocodiles and other, other animals. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to, you don't even know if it's going to, how many of you would be even scared to build something and put your child in? I would. Some of you guys can build things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust my building um, ability to say, okay, it's going to float down a river. But here he puts these, he puts them in there. Now watch this, it's interesting. Keep reading. You're going to see God's, God's blessing in Exodus chapter 2. Verse number 2, let's read these so we got them all. It says in verse number 2, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when he, she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Go to verse number 5, and it says this. It says, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Verse number 26, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. I think God tickled him at that point, and he started crying or whatever. And it says, and she, and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Keep reading in verse number 8, it says, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And, and the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew and saw, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. What's interesting about that, later on there's going to be, Moses is going to come up against the, the Red Sea, and God's going to draw him out of that water again, Amen. So often in our life, we don't realize that God has a plan for us. If you study this, the, the, the life of Joseph, and then you study the life of Moses, they're two different plans. But God was in both of them. Here he brings one guy that's probably the, the, the least person you could think of, the 11th child out of 12, and he's brought into, into Pharaoh, and he builds this country up. That man brings his own family in, gives him good land, and they build up. Another Pharaoh comes on scene. This man dies, of course, and all of a sudden Moses comes on the scene. Moses is going to be used to get him out. Moses is going to be used to get millions of people. Remember, if you study this, you'll find when Moses went to the Red Sea, millions of people went with him. All the things that Joseph brought to him, Moses took with him. You remember when the, when the Israelites were, were, were cast out, what did, he, what did Moses tell them to do? Bring the wealth. And the wealth that Joseph had, had brought, Moses took. And when you look at the plan... You think, this is never going to work. Why didn't God just leave him there and have Joseph? Because that's not the way God works. God doesn't work like we work. But I can tell you this, he'll always give us blessing. So when, when you think, I'm going through a hardship, I'm going through a hardship, how do I get out of it? Don't try to figure out how to get out of it. Try to figure out what you can learn through this hardship. When you're going through those neutral times, it's time to take a breath. 
And when you're going through the good times, it's great to praise God, especially at those times so people can see it. I don't know what people are going through, but I can tell you this. I know in my life, the hard times, I just sit there and go, I want to get out of this, I want to get out of this, I want to get out of this, I want to get out of this. And when I do that, I miss a blessing that God has for me. If you were to take my life and you were to, and, and I've done this before, and I think I've shared it with the church, there are 17 things in my life that have happened to get me where I'm at today. 17 things. You know what? They weren't all good things. I had people bless me that, are no, that, that got me in ministry that are no longer even in ministry. I've got people that, that, that have, have changed my life that are, are, are given over to reprobate minds. I've got people that are unsaved that have directed me that I would think, well, why would I listen to them? But I can tell you this, God's plan is not always my plan. And sometimes I look back and I see, wow, how did I get from step A to Z where I'm at now? And I look at the steps that I got to get there and I think, how in the world could God use that? But God uses everything. We get so wrapped up in trying to figure out what God wants us to do that we just got to follow him. He'll direct you. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. There's going to be neutral times. But bless God, we've got to understand all the way through everything is blessing. It always concerns me when I say, is there a blessing? Because let me tell you something in this room. You're in three places. You're either going out of the valley, you're going into the valley, or you are in the valley. When you're going out of the valley, guess what? You need to share your blessings. Now, if I said tonight, does anybody have a blessing? I wonder if everybody goes, oh, everybody's going bad. I don't think Joseph had that spirit. I don't. Because I think if Joseph had that spirit, he would have killed his brother. And he could have justified it, especially after his daddy was gone. But what was Joseph's response? Let's look at it. We'll end. Go to Genesis chapter 50. We're going to end with Genesis chapter 50. <clears throat> I love what he says to him. Let's start in verse number 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that his father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. At least they recognized that they were doing something evil to him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespasses of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespasses of the servant of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. It's interesting that they couldn't even go see themselves. We talked about this last week. But look at Joseph's response. This is how you know Joseph praised God in the hard times, the neutral times, and the good times. Because he ends it like this, and you know it's God directing him. He says in verse number 19, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Question mark. He absolutely was. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. He uses the same word that they used. But God meant 
God, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. You don't get that way without the right attitude. You don't get that way with God not influencing your life. You know, he had some blessings. Got to see his sons. Got to see his dad. Got to see his brothers. Got to be over a nation. And I think if, if you were to really study this out, I think anything that he wanted, he could have. God blessed him at the very end. But God had to put him through the ringer to get him there. Sometimes we just want the thing at the very end. We want the pot of gold at the very end, but we don't want to work our way to it. And aren't you thankful that God always gives you blessings along the way? It might be a breadcrumb, but every so often he'll throw a, a prime rib in there. Amen. Now, do we all have blessings? How many in here, I'm not going to, I'm going to say this before, you don't have to share your blessing, okay? But how many of you have at least five blessings in your life? Okay. And those not raising your hand, you're lying, okay? <laughs> Telling Larry Hilton, I was like, I don't have a car payment. Praise God I don't have a car payment. This month I had a big car payment, amen? My air conditioner broke. My tires need to be replaced. And you can sit there and go, oh, man, I just can't believe i got to pay this, 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 this. That's when you want to go get your mechanic's license so you know how to fix things when you don't know how to fix things. Or that's when you call Alan and see if he can fix them. If you can't fix them, then you got to go to these shops. That's what I do. <laughs> but, you know, we look at things and we think, how in the world are we going to get out of this? The problems in our life a blessing. I know the bishops aren't in here, but I'm going to tell you something. What they're going through right now, not right now, five, ten years down the road, you're going to come across somebody that's going to go through the same thing. And God's going to say to them, you need to help them along the way. We don't know why God does things. He has a plan. It's not always our plan. Our plan is smooth. God's plan is going to teach us what we need.